Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com along with Trevor Sikama, also from thedraftnetwork.com. We are here with you guys bright and early on a Tuesday morning to, to brighten your day up, I think, by talking about continuing the conversation, I guess, about NFL rookies. Yesterday we talked about, we looked at our boards, Trevor. We saw how, how things were falling for us. Halfway through the first season, we took some some mini L's, not the big L's yet. We're not ready to go there yet. We need some more games, but some guys we wish we were maybe a little bit higher on based on the way things have, have looked so far. I wrote an article over at the draftnetwork.com uh, about five players that it looks like I wish I was even higher on uh, midway through the fir- their first season, but feeling pretty good overall about things. Today, I thought we would take a look at offensive and defensive rookie of the year candidates, see who's kind of leading in each category and explore kind of the performances of some guys maybe that we thought would be in that conversation but haven't quite made their way there i'm game let's do it offensive rookie of the year is easy i mean it kind of but but i still want to talk about it because saquon barkley's just getting un, and i don't even think he's been like he's had some sensational moments the struggles as a rusher have been offensive line oriented and some his him oriented but i think he ultimately in space he's looked Special, he can create, he can do things outside of structure that not normal for a running back to be able to do. Uh, I think that he has clearly tried to adapt his style to become a more disciplined runner. Yes, he reverts back to college sake one at times, and sometimes it's even worked for him, and other times it doesn't. And But as a receiver, I mean, we said it yesterday in the pod, this guy's got 58 balls, man. I mean, and he's averaging like almost 10 yards a catch for a running back. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's to me mm-hmm. is the part about what he did that makes me think maybe in my running back grades, I have to put receiving ability as a primary trait. Not it's a secondary one. I value it in my scale, but I might have to put it at the top because it, what he's what he's doing as a receiver is more impactful than what he's doing as a rusher. I think. Well, I mean, a total offensive weapon, right? I mean, that's what he was billed as when he was picked number two overall. Um, That's kind of how they touted him. That's how they justified him going that high in the draft is that they said, look, this guy isn't just a runner. You know, you can look at running back stats and you can talk about the, the importance or the lack thereof importance of singular running backs uh, of certain names and how often you can take players from around the league and almost interchange them and still almost have the same kind of moderate success, which affects how much you pay running backs, ultimately how you create value for them. Obviously the running back position isn't going away. It's always going to have to exist in the game of football. It's not like we're pushing that away. It's always going to exist in some capacity, but it's evolved in different ways. And the whole thing with Saquon Barkley is you look at him being picked as a running back at number two, and you and I, I think we're kind of on the same page here with running backs and how you use them. Not, It's really hard to get the value you want out of a running back at right. number two. Saquon Barkley is proving that he is rare, not just in who he is as a running back, but who he is beyond being a running back for truly being picked as an offensive weapon. I mean, we hear that term with Le'Veon Bell right now who is holding out because he doesn't want to be paid like a running back. He wants to be paid like an offensive weapon because he's like, hey, look, you know, I catch plenty of the backfield all the time. I can I can even line up as a slot receiver sometimes. You know, I'm an offensive weapon for this team. I deserve to be paid as one of the highest offensive weapons in the NFL. That's Le'Veon Bell's argument for getting paid. That's what Saquon Barkley's argument 
was for picking him number two overall. Yeah, for being worth number two, yeah. How the Giants justified it, yeah. Right. And and I think that, obviously, we disagree with the Giants, but just to evaluate Barkley in a nutshell, I think you'd obviously say, clear offensive rookie of the year. Except for this little dude named Philip Lindsay, who went undrafted, (laughs) and who I didn't even get the chance to scout. I'm actually writing about him in part. uh, I wrote about him in part today for Draft Class Heroes, um, and, and just talking about how, I know he's small, but how, like, his level of explosiveness and burst is insane. I mean, this dude has legit wheels, legit speed. And I just, I'm not sure how that slipped through the cracks to the degree that it did, especially a high character kid. Like, so it wasn't character. Like, I know he's not big, but I mean, man, like, come on, not draftable. Like, that's hard for me to believe. Yeah, I don't know. And I did a little, um, I can't remember what game. I think it was a Cardinals game when the Broncos played the Cardinals. And I did a little write-up, because that was a Thursday night football game, and I did a little write-up on Philip Lindsay because I watched some of the stuff that he did in that game, and I've seen some of the highlights before them. And the theme around my article was the quote by Mark Twain where it says, um, sometimes it's not uh, the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. And that is such a good phrase for Philip Lindsay, because you can oh, just yeah. see every time he touches the ball, he's going for maximum yards. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't care how it happens. He's just going for it. Like that's a big difference between say like a guy like Philip Lindsay and a guy like Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay. I know we've talked about Ronald Jones a bunch. Mm-hmm. When Jones gets it, two hands on the ball, he's searching for the lane. He's kind of like timid. He's shuffling his feet. There's not a lot of burst. When Lindsay gets the ball, it's go. He goes. Mm-hmm. He just goes. And he figures it out the way that he needs to because he also processes the game really well. He knows where open space is going to be, and he knows how to get to it. He's a lot of different traits that have been well, but um, he's he's truly yeah one of those guys who overcame the less than ideal measurables because we see plenty of like small backs who might have been good in college. Yeah, not making. I mean, it. even um, I mean, like I I know Donald Pumphrey is smaller than that, and there just becomes a certain threshold that you got to freaking hit, but. Like, even I watched Pumphrey's tape at San Diego State, and, like, that kid's a fighter. Like, his San Diego State tape, he was fighting through yards. He was getting contact all over the nah. place. I didn't see that with him. You didn't think that? I didn't Man. know. I thought he I went thought down that, pretty easy. I thought that with, with a good amount of his tape for the, his size, I thought he took on contact really well and was not afraid of it. Um, I didn't think Lindsey was this ex- – watching Colorado Live, I was like, I didn't think he was this fast. Like, man, he's so explosive. Like – he just changes directions in an instant and like maximize. I mean, like you said, maximizes every carry acceleration to space is incredible to watch. I'm just like, how'd this guy go undrafted? This is crazy. He has 93 carries for 531 yards. He's averaging almost six yards a carry. And we're getting to the point where that's a decent sample size. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. We're halfway through the year, right? Like Royce Freeman has been an exciting rookie for Denver and he can't get on the field because Philip Lindsay's that good. It's like I feel mm-hmm. like we could be talking about Royce Freeman, except for Philip Lindsay. You know, he's which just, is funny because I didn't think Royce Freeman was that good. So I did. I liked Royce Freeman, he, a third round type of guy for me. But I thought he could be a real good fit in the right system. But again, Lindsay just the explosive traits with Lindsay are there that I I still know that I really saw with I didn't even see with him in college. Like I, I mean, and like I said, I didn't actually formally scout him. I just saw Colorado live, and I thought, oh yeah, here's a guy. He's got a chance to scrap and be you know a rotational guy, but. He looks like a lot more than that right now, so I'm definitely excited to see where that career goes and 
track small running back hive because Ronald Jones may end up scarring me to that point that I don't believe in small running backs anymore. Uh, but Phil Blinsey is instilling some hope in me uh, yet again. Receivers, it's been an excruciatingly slow start in some ways. I thought Anthony Miller looked great against New England, but Trubisky couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, so he his stat line was not impressive at all. That was the mm-hmm. most extended look I've got at him this season. Calvin Ridley bursts onto the scene in a couple games. He's kind of been banged up a little bit. Uh, I think he's looked awesome, um, but production is production's good. I mean, he has six touchdowns. That's probably the, the biggest thing you look at, but it's on a week-to-week basis, you're not really seeing any of these rookie receivers dominate, right? Like there's been flashes with Cortland Sutton, flashes with Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore this past week definitely flashes. Um, even some of the other guys like Iquanias St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling for Green Bay. You've seen like all those guys kind of flash, and I know I'm forgetting some others too that have. So it's been exciting, an exciting start for the rookie receivers in some ways, just nobody that would be on like a pace to do, even really what Juju did last year, right? I mean, what Juju and Cup did last year, which wasn't, I don't think either of them even had a thousand yards, but no, Juju was short by like right. 53 and yards think, or something. I think he was ahead of Cup, so I, I don't think any receiver made a thousand yards last year, but even with, I don't even know that we'll see anybody hit those numbers based on where we're at right now with this receiver class. It's more like a flashes, like, oh, this is ex- like for the future. Like, I feel like a lot of these guys could take off year two, but we're not seeing that year one breakout can, or at least I haven't seen him yet. I mean, I thought really is. He's just in a crowded offense, you know? So yeah, he, he has that, a lot he can do. Yeah. He has that pro ready type of look to him that you're like this guy, you know, big impact. He could be a big impact player. I think no doubt. And I think yeah. he will be even more as the second half of the season kind of gets underway but uh offensive line wise i know you don't want to talk about it probably but uh there's some talent here i mean quentin nelson's played better and better Yeah, but nobody's winning rookie of the year i know i know they are i know it's a stats award we've been over this i just feel like what if what if okay hypothetically saquon gets hey hold on hold on hold on what's the school that does the pancake thing where if you get a pancake he's he like squirts syrup in your mouth have you ever seen that is that a high school or is that a college? Uh, that's a high school. I want to say that's a high school, I think. I love that. <laughs> they should do First like, time I saw that, I was like, that's phenomenal. Syrup Shots Award. This is our Syrup Shots Award segment, right? There you we go. Can give some yeah, love. sure. Okay, we'll yeah. give some love to the big guys after we get this message in here from Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. LOCKEDON is the promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So for the offensive line, Trevor, I think it's more like hypothetically here. Let's say Saquon Barkley and Philip Lindsay get 
scurvy and they're out the rest of the season, right? Okay. Scurvy? That's who we're picking? <laughs> this is the hypothetical situation, Trevor. It doesn't have to be all realistic. Right. Okay. Let's just say it's scurvy and they're out the rest okay. of the season all of a sudden. They come down with scurvy. Uh, you got people coming after you. I'm just letting you know. But tell me. You better hope they don't come down with scurvy. It's going to be a very serious legal situation for the NFL. That's what I'm saying. But tell me it wouldn't. Although it would would be publicity for the podcast. It would be. We would be. uh, Things would get weird for the podcast. We would be held in (laughs) strange regard as fortune. Hey, bro. All publicity is good publicity, right? I I hope. (laughs) I hope we don't find out in this case. Scurvy um, is vitamin C deficiency. Do you know that? Yes, I just like this. Uh, when you don't get enough fruit. I think that's what it was back in the day. They oh, used to wow. get it on ships all the time because the fruit would go bad and they'd be on these long voyages. Oh, and so yeah, they, wouldn't have, that, they wouldn't have fruit. So makes sense. Yeah, makes back sense. then they didn't have uh, these refrigerator thingies that we yeah, get today. Couldn't, so. yeah, couldn't be. Couldn't anyway, be me. there's your Michael Kiss history lesson. Hopefully he's listening to the yeah, pod. Hopefully he's got scurvy. <laughs> hopefully not it's a terrible thing to wish on him <laughs> anyway back off of scurvy but if that were to happen and you i think you would have some i think you'd have some offensive linemen in that conversation this year i mean there just hasn't been any like dominant you know Karen johnson's done some good things he's probably not getting enough carries michelle's banged up again now i think he's been he's done some good things there's been not not that many disappointments like ronald jones but i don't think there's been enough standout performances to say oh a guy like mike mcglinchy or will hernandez or Quentin Nelson can't even be in that conversation, you know, based on the other guys. Now, at the same time, I don't think Saquon and Phil Lindsay are getting scurvy, but wanted to make sure we shout out those guys because I think they have been playing the position well this season. And uh, really, Frank Ragno is starting to come on. James Daniels starting to come on. So there are some other guys as well, too. Not so much Colton Miller and Desmond Harrison. Sorry, fellas. But uh, I thought, wasn't Miller playing decent? To start the season in a couple good games, kind of like the same deal as Harrison. Like, as soon as defenders got tape on him, just been absolutely running him over. Mm. Desmond Harrison's been completely unwatchable the last couple weeks. He has to be benched. Colton Miller's been pretty rough, too. Like, it's, yeah, he's getting crushed the last couple weeks. So, uh, safe to say, I think, that our pre-draft evals on Colton Miller look like they were pretty warranted at this point. Uh, Brandon Thorne messaged me the other day. He said, man, it has been a brutal couple weeks for Colton Miller. I was like, yep, because I had seen some of the games, and I was like, Boy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, a defensive side of the ball here, Trevor, if you have to pick one guy and this is where it gets really competitive, it's not easy. Like offense, there's like 10 names that could legitimately be shouted out here. And I couldn't, I could not say you're crazy for having any of these names in that list. If you had to pick one right now for defensive rookie of the year, who would it be? And why? <sighs> one, uh, one. I think it'd be Denzel Ward just because very fair. he's playing lockdown at a really tough position Yep, and he's playing it really, really well. How many picks does he have? He has three, I believe. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm comfortable no, four, with that. four, I think four, would... four. No, sorry. Three picks. I'm, I lied. Sorry. Hey, I'd be comfortable with that. I, Derwin, Derwin just does not have enough interceptions right now. You give me, you give me a couple more interceptions for Derwin James, and I'm all about Derwin James. But he, yeah. I think Derwin's got one right now. He does. Um, yeah. Derwin's got three and a half sacks, I believe. Last time I looked it up. Yeah. So Derwin's dropped a couple picks, but I mean, he, he needs he would need him. those to pass Ward. Just Derwin's think, also given up far less in coverage, if that matters to you. 
seven catches for 59 yards, yards according to our friends at Pro Football Focus, has broken up another pass. Ward, on the other hand, according to our friends at Pro Football Focus, has given up 32 catches for 337 yards. So he's he's given up four touchdowns, it says. I think I would quibble with some of those touchdown numbers. I don't know that it's been quite that many. Um, but at the same time, there's been a little more give with Denzel Ward. I would go with Derwin James just because I think he's been so good at everything and has ma- barely made any and No problem with that. Yeah, Jesse Bates I mean. is also a sleeper here. Like, especially if you could even call the, him that, man. If, especially after the pick six to what a this baller. week. What a ball. So, that was the difference in that game. That was the play in that game. Their offense did nothing until that field goal in the second half. Jesse Bates' pick six is the reason Cincinnati didn't choke that game away. That is the definition of a game changer. Nothing else going right for that team, really, in that second half, right? You were there. The Bengals' offense couldn't get it done in the second half. Yeah, you're right. Their defense was giving up points. I mean, what, Fitzpatrick, 17 straight points? They needed him to make a play. He made a play. He changed the game with that pick six. He gave them the breathing room they needed. And he's been doing that all season long. He's three picks. You know, he's right there with Denzel Ward. Tied, That's tied why, man, he's, he, I think the production is very much in, in the realm of Bates to be in the conversation. Right. My issue with Bates would be technically only five missed tackles this season, but in Denzel Ward is nine missed tackles, which is on the high end. Uh, I think he's second amongst all rookies in missed tackles behind just Minka. Our boy Minka's had some tackle struggles. But I will say this, though. I think... Bates has, even though he only has technically five missed tackles, there's been some bad angles that didn't even result in tackle attempts, which was sometimes his issue in college too. So that issue of that that part of his game to me, I think Derwin's a lot better at. So, uh, I, I, but still, he, either way, any of those three, I think you're splitting hairs. And honestly, Jair Alexander's in that conversation. I mean, he's getting close to it anyway. I mean, he only's played in like four games so far this mm-hmm. season. Technic, I think part parts of like because he got hurt, he hurt his groin. So, you know, you have to take everything with with Jair and say, okay, well, it's a smaller sample size than even the other guy's sample size, which is already pretty small. But he's he broke up five passes in one game. That's never a rookie corner's never done that. I, did you watch any of that game? You probably didn't get to see it because you were in the press box, huh? You didn't see the Correct. Rams game, did you? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. Okay. I caught a little bit of it. I but... kid you not, dude. When I tell you. Jair Alexander had one of the best performances I've ever seen from a corner. Not a rookie. I saw a lot of people highlighting, which is awesome because Jair's the man. If so. you get a chance to watch that game tape, dude, watch Jair Alexander. He he had, I mean, five pass breakups. That doesn't even speak to it. Like when he got thrown at, closing down windows, they had to throw perfect balls and make unbelievable catches to get anything on him. I mean, he was locked down. At every type of route, zone, man, he was... It was it was a marvelous performance. McCarthy was asked about it today, and he said, "There's not many words for that." He was like, "That's just a straight up alpha performance from from him as a rookie, dude. Like to get your head coach saying that's." I'm just telling you, man. I think but like that's what special. Jair was coming out, right? Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he took some chances in college for sure, but but I that's an alpha. Great. That's an alpha. Yeah, why not? That's Frickin what Jalen Ramsey takes is. chances every single game. Oh, every God. game, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And he's yeah. getting beat some this year because of it. But I mean, that's you've got to do that. You've got to have players that have the potential to give you a difference-making performance. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that I've learned the most over the last two or three years of scouting prospects and watching the NFL more, seeing what's kind of valued here and there. 
variance scares people and i totally understand why it does we like well-rounded games we like a lot of consistency we like the five bars of a skilled player to be all good as opposed to maybe three of them be great and two of them be tough right but when you're talking about when you're talking about a number one corner they've they have to have the ability to one game, you just get the best out of them. And they shut the other team down like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to have players, especially on the defensive end, that can give you high-variance performances. Because if not, the offenses around the league are just too good. They're too good. Because the Buccaneers have done that. I don't know, Mike, Mike Smith sucked as a defense coordinator. But Mike Smith prioritized a lot of that consistency around with different players where he kind of just wanted everybody to be able to do everything. You know, like he wanted his safeties to be able to play both roles, just like Mm -hmm. good, like strong and free. Like one of them could play single high at any time. One of them could be in the box at any time. Like how many guys do you know who could do that well enough to where you can call upon it in the NFL? And that's the same thing with his corners. He'd want guys who could play off, guys who could play man, blah, blah, blah. You've got to find somebody who's elite enough at one thing to be a shutdown. That's an alpha to me. Like, that's what a lot of the guys who are worth top picks are to me. Message from Swap.com to all of you out there. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added daily. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. LOCKEDON is the promo code, one word, LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. We thank Swap.com for sponsoring today's podcast. Okay, so we mentioned the defensive backs, Trevor. We have to mention Darius Leonard, obviously. We talked about him at your boy. yesterday. Your my boy. My boy. My 163rd on my board. Boy. We got to get him on the pod. I, I'm working on it. I think it's uh, – I, uh, right. I wouldn't count it out. I think okay. – uh, Right. I think he would like to say some things, probably to me. We may have to edit some things out, but uh, it'd, be great, it'd be great to have him on the pod. Yeah, you know, you know, it's bad when like uh, week two of the NFL season, right? Um, you know, barely even started his career. Like he had, he was okay week one, and then week two was really good, and everybody was in my mentions, or whatever. He just like, he just liked one of my old tweets from the draft like season, like saying about how like he's going to start from square one, and he's going to need built up and developed and wasn't even like a mean tweet or anything. Just like he just liked it. That's all he did. Did mm-hmm. just that little passive aggressive. I'm gonna be a star. You're gonna have to suck it. That type of deal. I was like, okay, I see you out there. Mad respect for that. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen other other football players have done. Got to get him. That's got to get him on the pod, man. That's happened to me multiple times by NFL players. But it's normally like, well, yeah, I was actually right, and you you still suck, and so you know that's so that's happened like lots of times, but. With Leonard, it's like, yeah, well, 
may actually have a point there, bud. Um, I eat it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. He may actually, he may, he may end up joining us before it's all said and done. Uh, Fred Warner. Before we die? Before it's all said and done? Before, like, the season ends, Trevor, and, like, the moment is past. Oh, because, so basically death. Oh, you my know, gosh. When the season's over. Jeez. Sorry. Speak for yourself as a Bucks fan. Death can't is relate. all around us. Can't relate. Me uh, in August. <laughs> Accurate, though. Uh, me Fred looking w- at me on the day the schedule comes out. Death is all around us. <laughs> easy to easy to have that perspective. I think uh, we've talked about Fred Warner. I think he's been really good, but he just can't miss as many tackles as he misses. That's that's oh, the bottom line yeah, to me. Um, he's good. got to tackle better. It's the same thing in college. And again, this goes back to what you said, which I think was one of the best things you've probably said on this podcast. You got to find players with traits that really matter that they're good at. Like Jesse Bates, he's probably mm-hmm. never going to be a great tackler. You can live with that because mm-hmm. Jesse Bates makes plays on the football that change football games. Yep. Fred Warner is a terrific run defender and he's capable and he's played well and he's ca- capable in coverage of doing things that other linebackers are not. You take that if it got for a guy that misses a few tackles. But there's like nine guys for defensive rookie of the year. He's played great. Can't win defensive rookie of the year if you like in this group. I don't think it. I just think that's one area Leonard's been definitely better at him than him at. So I give the Leonard the edge there. Other guys, I mean, Bradley Chubb has seven sacks. Uh, that's pretty insane. It feels like no one's even talked about him. Like it feels like he got drafted and like people just don't even care. Like, right? Like he has anyone talked like about Bradley expected. Chubb? No, I mean, like this is expected. Like nobody's like hyping him up. I mean, I, I saw sacks. They weren't like anything special, like a lot of them. But I mean, if we're being completely honest, Bradley Chubb's the front runner for defensive player of the year, like from the NFL's perspective. Like, if the NFL actually voted on it right now, right, he would win it. You think? Yes, seven sacks. Are you kidding me? Yes, I think Leonard would. would win it because the NFL always they they pick tons of linebackers over the years. No, Bradley Chubb would win it. Leonard no has way. four sacks. I'm, they're all, they're all unblocked. All right, but, all right. That's three less. Yeah, but he's a linebacker, and he leads the. Doesn't he lead like the NFL in tackles, which makes absolutely yeah, no difference. Picked, but. Yeah, but like being picked high, I know it's not supposed to mean something, know, but, but, like, but it does. Okay, it does. You're right about that, actually, D'Amico. I think the last. Don't quote me on this, but I think the last defensive rookie of the year well, it wasn't you. a first round pick. Was D'Amico Ryan's, and it, he was like the thirty fifth pick or something. It would, I'm telling you, if it ended right Which now, it'd be Leonard was the thirty fourth pick, so it is easy, possible. But Leonard easy. is a great story, and he's a good kid. That's fine. The, the NFL doesn't care about stories; the they just care about clicks. First round pick. All right, give it. To I him. don't think so. I think he would be fourth. How about that? Who? Bradley Chubb. You, if the voting ended today. You I think, are. I think high. Leonard Ward and Derwin would all what get more votes. What kind of stuff you got up there in Pennsylvania? Good stuff. I can. Because you are I can high as a much. kite. I can my reveal friend. that much. We have good stuff. We haven't even talked about Leighton Vander Esch. Cowboy fans are literally seething at their computers or their listening devices right now. They're so angry. Um, honestly, I haven't even seen Vander Esch this season. Like, I feel bad. I know everyone's the Cowboys fans think he's amazing. PFF's graded him highly. I haven't heard anybody else talk about him. Not to say that he isn't good. I just, I came around on Van Der Esch, so I hope he's good. Um, there were, his tape had some rough moments, but when I talked to him at the combat, I was like, this guy gets it. Like, and he, after his testing, I was like, it's going to be, this is a guy you take a chance on. Like, mm-hmm. he's not all the way there. It was kind of that TJ Watt thing for me where I was first, I was like, I don't get it with his tape. And then I watched some tests and I watched him interview and I was like, 
probably don't want to bet against this guy in your evaluation. Like he, mm. he's probably going to figure it out. So um, I'm sure Van Der Esch has been great. Maybe he does end up making a run at this thing. I just, I feel like the buzz is in Dallas and it's just kind of not anywhere else. And so I don't know whether he's, you know, other guys have been good. I mean, Jerron Payne's been great. Maurice Terse has been great. There's plenty of names to throw out there. Harold Landry, when he's on the field, he's just splitting time. Um, so, yeah, there's. I mean, I'm sure fans are thinking of other guys we haven't mentioned that have been great. But all, all that to say, wow, the defensive class looks really, really talented. Um, and there's a lot of candidates. And I think it's muddy. I think we're not going to see this thing. We're not going to see anybody pull ahead until we're going to end of the season. It's going to be coming out of the wire. So it's going to be fun gear up for the defensive rookie of the year uh, race. I think it's going to be a, a real blast. Um, tomorrow we will talk college football. We'll get back to it. We'll talk about draft prospects. We'll offer our perspective. We got to preview the upcoming games this weekend. Some huge big week games. in college football. Huge, you know dude. why huge cannot you know wait. For it. Cannot wait for it. Huge week in college football. Talk about that tomorrow. Thursday. We'll give our thoughts on the NFL games. And obviously on Friday, we'll be over with the draft dudes, uh, doing the super show as we do every single week. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.